Good morning, Church on the Rock. Amen. My name is Rashad Cunningham. If this is your first time here, we are blessed to have you. We know it's all because of God. We do the Good Morning Church on the Rock. Good morning, Rashad. Call and response. To make sure you're awake, even though it's 11 o'clock, we want to make sure that you're here, that you're actually awake. Uh, and also, today specifically, I know a lot of y'all about to go to lunch and everything. Just be here for the moment. I promise I'll get out your way soon. Be here, not where you're going after here. Be here and receive this message so we can grow together. So I'm going to do that one more time. Good morning, Church on the Rock. Let me know that you are actually present and that you're actually here by saying good morning, Rashad, and we'll get started. Good morning, Church on the Rock. Good morning, Rashad. Yes. I, I just felt the energy right there, right? Like, ah, right? All right. So um, we're going to continue with our sermon series, Keep the Same Energy. I get it. It's Mother's Day, Rashad. You should be doing a Mother's Day sermon where you find a mom in the Bible and you preach about mom. No, I'm not doing any of that. I'm going to keep the same energy for the sermon series that we are in, and we're going to continue walking through what we're uh, looking at in the book of Acts. So I want to make sure I touch on what we spoke about last week, for those of you who weren't here, so you understand why we're kind of in the area we're at. We finished last week with Keep that same feeling. We talked about how in the Jerusalem church, when it says in Acts 2.46 that they met at the temple, the believers were day by day continuing with one mind in the temple, that it wasn't actually inside the temple. It would have been on what they called the porch, which would have been right outside those front doors right there if this was a temple. When you walk inside those front doors, that first section right there where the tables are at, that would have been the Gentile court. There would have been a sign right here that says if you're not a Jew or um, if you're impure, you cannot go past the welcome desk. Then this whole area right here would have been like the women's court. Come a little further, this would have been the uh, Jewish men who were pure. Then you would have had the priest. And then if you go inside the Holy of Holies in that back closet back there, that's where the presence of God was. Was in the Holy of Holies in the back closet and only one person could go in there which would have been me, not Jason, me, all right? Because <laughs> he's got Ohio State on. That's not the proper dress for the Holy of Holies. All right, but, but, um, and, what would have, and what would have happened was, like, because of that, you, Gentiles, you, impure, you, who then probably done something this morning that made you impure, would not be able to walk past that point way over there to be in the presence of God. So Jesus dies on the cross, and when Jesus dies on the cross, it removes every single barrier from the porch to the Holy of Holies, like from the window to the wall, right? <laughs> like everything was removed. Everything was removed, and now, now we have the Holy of Holies in the presence of the people that are on the porch. That should produce some type of feeling for you to understand that you weren't even welcomed past that point over there to be in the presence of God, which is over there. And instead of you having to figure out how to meet the expectations or the requirements to get into the Holy of Holies, Jesus dies on the cross and the Holy of Holies comes to you. That should be a feeling. Mm, yeah, mm, everybody should, mm, right? It should be some type of feeling in that. Something that motivates that says, wow, I don't have to figure out how to get to Jesus he came to me. I don't have to figure out how to get in the presence of God. He came to me. All those expectations were removed. So today, as we move forward, day by day, continuing with one mind on the porch in the temple, we move to the part that says breaking bread from house to house. Now, this right here is the part where a lot of us check out. Why? Because, Rashad, I'm cool doing this whole church thing on Sunday morning, putting up with people for an hour and a half, but you want me to let them in my house? You want me to allow them into my secret space, into my holy of holies? No, that, that's not, that's not, I can't do that, Rashad. I can't, I can't work with that. But see, what I'm telling you is the love that God had for you that removed every single barrier, that removed every expectation of what was required to be in the holy of holies, that's the love that he wants you to have for each other and to have for everyone, your, even your enemies. He says, remove the expectations. You see, expectations are actually what creates our barriers, right? Um, 
when you look at it, you couldn't go past a certain point unless you were a Jewish woman. You were expected to be a Jewish woman. And then the Jewish women couldn't go past this because they, they were expected to be a Jewish man. And the Jewish man couldn't go so far because they were expected to be pre. Everything was the expectation. He removed the expectations. What happens when we start loving each other without expectations? Hmm? Adam, what happens when I look at you and say, bro, you didn't call me last week, and I don't care. <laughs> I still love you because I never expected you to call. If you did, great. If you didn't, that's okay. I still love you because this is the type of love that Jesus had. When did he die on the cross for you? When you were out there. He died on the cross when you were an enemy. That, that, what's the expectation of an enemy, <laughs> right? Nothing. There's no expectation of my enemy. I don't expect my enemy to love me. I don't expect my enemy to do anything for me. I don't expect anything for my enemy. So to die for my enemy is to give my greatest love for my enemy when he meets none of my expectations. After that, that person can freely operate because now, yo, you gave me the best of you when I was your enemy. Surely you're not going to be upset if my sermon's not that great right? Surely you're not going to be upset if I don't show, show up every single Sunday because the expectations are removed. Dave, if, you, if you're not here today, I don't love you less. I don't love you more that you are here today. Everything I have for you as far as love, I had for you the moment we met at Best Friends Coffee. When you walked in at Best Friends Coffee, I loved you with everything I had right then and there. There's nothing you can do to increase that. There's nothing you can do to decrease that because I have no expectations of you. I love you unconditionally. Now, thank you. Now, now, we're looking, getting kind of weird. Okay. <laughs> now, you just, you just kind of, <laughs> you're married now. Okay, no. No, look. All right, so look, let me get it back. 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 So look, this is what happens now. Now Dave doesn't have to come up with some lame excuse of why he can't do something I ask him to do because he's not worried about losing my love or increase, and he doesn't have to show up obligated because he's not trying to increase his love. He knows he has all of my love whether he shows up or not. His yes is his yes, his no is his no. It's not, well, pastor, um, I broke my toe, and then I see him the next week, and it's like, what happened to a broken toe? I didn't have a broken toe. It's like, oh, you were lying. Okay, <laughs> right? You don't have to do all that. Why? Because there's no expectations. Those barriers are removed. This is what it takes to get to the house to house. I was talking to my pastor yesterday, Pastor Taylor, who had had a conversation with another pastor, Pastor Ali, so I'm making sure I give everybody credit when I use their stuff, right? And um, he, Pastor Ali was talking about the, the Noah's Ark. Everybody remember Noah's Ark? So Noah's ark, hey, Noah's, it's going to rain, it's going to flood, I'm wiping out the earth, bring all the animals, two by two, seven of the unclean, two of the, I mean, seven of the clean, two of the unclean, bring them all in. And we always think about the transferring that happens, right? Like the salvation of the animals and the people who came into Noah's ark. That's the first thing we think of. The covering of the ark became the tool that was used to save them from the flood, right? But here's something that he saw that I never saw. He said, do you realize there is a lion in that ark with a lamb, and the lion didn't devour the lamb? Like, think about that. How does that happen? Because, like, I've, I've trained my dog to not bark when I say don't bark, but sometimes his nature takes over, and he's like, ah, ah, ah. and I'm like, Rico, and he kind of looks at me like, what, bro, I'm a dog. Like, I'm supposed to bark, right? I'm, my nature is to bark. The wind blew, all right? So I barked, right? Okay, so why would the lion not eat the lamb? God, that's a good one. I like that answer, sir. The transformation took place. There had to be some type of renewing of the mind of the animals for the animal kingdom that has a natural cycle of life to be inside the ark for that long and not devour each other. Right? So, so how can a Republican and a Democrat go to the same house on a Monday in fellowship and not devour each other but disciple each other? the renewing of the mind. How can I look at people who normally look like lunch to me and love them? A renewing of the mind. How do I go from, from <laughs> I'm supposed to be eating food, but I be eating followers, right? Like that's what we do. We, we have these differences, these barriers, these expectations, and this is what happens. See, I loved you until I found out you was a Democrat, or I loved you until I found out you was a Republican. I loved you until I found out that you was this or you was that, and what happens is we get in these five non-families or these small groups, and we can't do it. We can't do the house-to-house. -house. Why? Because I had an expectation. And that's why, that's why when people say, 
at my old church, we, I'm like, what are, was your old church diverse? <laughs> because a lot of churches look the same. You look to your left, you may not know them, but you're pretty sure what they believe because they're here. You look to your right, you might not know them, but you're pretty sure they're in the same wheelhouse as you. You come to church on the rock, you don't know what's walking in this door, right? <laughs> People still confuse how I got in here, right? <laughs> <laughs> I got one for you coming up. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so look, so look. So what happens is we're this melting pot of Hendricks County where people from all walks of life come in. So on the, on the porch, it's easy to amen, hallelujah, love your court, happy Mother's Day and all that good stuff. But it ain't that easy when it's Wednesday and I'm in your, I mean, not your bedroom, but your kitchen. I mean, <laughs> I'm in your kitchen, kitchen. I'm in your kitchen, and now I'm finding out that you parent different than me. And I think the way you're doing it is why your kids is bad. <laughs> Let's just be real. You could be a great parent. Kids are still bad. But in this, in this circumstance, I'm judging you because of your kids and, and, and the way your house looks and all this. And all these expectations create these barriers. Now, A, you don't want me in your house. Because I'm creating all these expectations when I'm looking around, like, oh, you got a big house. Mm, I thought you didn't make that much money. Mm, yeah. You know? But then on the flip side, may maybe it's something different. Maybe the house I'm coming into, you judging the kids I brought with me. And I'm like, I don't want to do the house to house anymore. Why? Because you've placed the expectation that put a barrier between us. So why is it the animals can exist among each other without devouring one another, but the people can't? You're telling me the Holy Spirit that you claim to have because you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, so that's the promise of the Bible, and if the Bible's real, then the Spirit lives in you. Okay, that same Spirit had the power to raise Christ from the dead, but he can't deal with your personality differences so that you can do this house to house. Remember, there was 3,000 people with 3,000 personalities, and, and, if, and they probably had 10,000 bad kids, right? Like, like, and, and, and nevertheless, they figured it out because the spirit was present. You ain't got to look like me, think like me, walk like me. When we got the same spirit, the one mind, the same passion, you ain't got to think the way I think outside of here. Yo, this is, this is what we're here for. This is what we're here for. Not just in the temple, but in the house to house, the brick and the bread house to house, the table fellowship. So the first thing, the first point I have is we need to keep that same attachment. And somebody pointed out to me that I didn't use spell check, so don't, like, ignore that, okay? That's not how you spell attachment. But this is Church on the Rock, all right? We, we broken people, all right? <laughs> Amen. Don't follow me. So, so let's go back to the verse now. Acts 2. Acts 2. I want you to see this. They were breaking, they were breaking bread from house to house. They were taking their meals together. You know, you find out how intimate somebody is with you with how they eat at the table. You, you, like, I've been in some business meetings when I'm eating, and there's, and there's business people there, so I, I make sure my elbows don't go past here, you know, and, and I, I try to keep one hand down and eat with the one hand, all the little table etiquette they tell you that you're supposed to have, because I ain't comfortable. I, I'm, there's expectations, there's judgment, but when I'm sitting around, y'all be like, man, so that verse, uh, that verse right there, you know, they didn't want to shake your hand afterwards, right? Like, because, I'm, because I'm intimate. I, I feel at home. I, when I'm sitting down at the table with you, I'm sitting down in fellowship. And I'm not worried about it because we're in this place of intimacy. How many people you can eat like that with each other here? You, you see it. We'll, we'll go, hey, let's go do lunch. And we get there, we're like, oh, I don't know if they're a, mm, that type of person or this type of person. Like, like can I eat my wings without a fork? Or <laughs> and, and, it's, and, it's, and it's based on is based on the intimacy, you know, and a lot of times, like, normally I would eat my wings with a, you know, bone in and with the hand, but when I'm with certain people, I'm like, well, I'm going to use a fork and get boneless so that I'm clean, and, and you're like, that's stupid. It's like, yeah, but I'm not comfortable. I don't know if you're judging me. I don't know what your expectations are. Da, da, da. So you find out a lot at the table with how you eat together. You really do. Anybody been to Portillo's in Avon? The Portillo's, or been to a Portillo's? I think they got the same structure. So in Portillo's in Avon, uh, if you sit in the middle section, there's like this, like the way the tables are set up, you could literally be sitting next to somebody you don't know, and it's like they're at your table. It's like they're right there at your table, right? So 
this taking meals together was not just a, hey, we're sitting at the table together. It's an actual exchange of information. There's a word, and the word in the Greek starts with the word meta, so there's like a change that takes place because of this meal. Um, when I sit down with you, Charles, I want to leave closer to you, closer to you than when we sat down, every time. Every time I sit down, I want to leave our table fellowship knowing you better than I knew you when we first sat down, right? This is the kind of sitting down and taking meals together that, that we were talking about. At Portillo's, you can sit down in a complete stranger right here, and, and he's literally like right here, and you're just like, I'm not, I'm not looking. I'm just, I'm just going to talk like this to you because he's all in my space, in my area, right? But when they sit next to me, <laughs> I sit down, I'm like, hey, man, how you doing, you know? And I invite them into, they don't, they normally don't talk to me, but I invite them into the conversation because I'm like, I want to know more about this person when I leave than what I did. It, it may just be their name, but I want to know more. A lot of us won't say nothing to this person, right? This taking the meals here is saying that when you invite people to the home, when you have this fellowship across the table, you actually are intentionally, I want you here with, like, I want to know more about you. I want to leave loving you better. And what you'll find is, this is where the expectations start getting moved. Like, yeah, maybe you were a Democrat or Republican. Maybe you were in the hip-hop, in the country. Whatever you were that makes this different and, or whatever made me hate you, you know, from a distance when I didn't know you. When I sit down, now not only do I love you, I know how to pray for you. Because we're taking this meal together. Because this fellowship, this intimacy is breaking these walls, is breaking these barriers, is breaking my expectations of you and as I think about what he broke to get to me, why would I not be willing to do the same for you? This is what it's supposed to look like. So we, they were meeting from house to house. This is, this is transformation, not training. You can train people to do a lot on Sunday. I can train you on Sunday to listen to this sermon. I can train you to come in here and say hallelujah at the right time. I can even tell you, amen, everybody, amen. So then next week, you know when to say amen, right? Like, I can train you for all of that. But that's not transformation. See, if the animals in Noah's Ark were just trained, at some point they get so hungry, the flesh takes over and they go back to their sinful nature or their regular nature. I'm going to eat the lamb, right? I'm a lion. You're a lamb. You smashed. That's it. You're done. <laughs> right? I'm hungry. But, but when there's transformation, something changes in the mind. You don't look like food anymore. You look like fellowship. That's different. Now, I'm not trying to devour you when you're in my presence. I'm not looking you up and down trying to figure out how I can talk about you and cut you up and, t and talk about you when you leave out my house. No, I'm looking to engage with you. This is the house to house. This is the breaking of bread. This is, this is what it takes. And what you find is the, the house is actually, in the Bible, it's the hub of ministry, not the temple. Look at Luke 9 real quick. I want you to see Luke 9. Watch what happens here. Go, give me Luke 9. He says, and he, being Jesus, called the 12 together, gave them power and authority over all the demons and to heal diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to perform healing. And he said to them, take nothing for your journey, neither a staff, not a bag, nor bread, nor money, and do not even have two, eunuch, uh, two tunics apiece. And he goes on, he says, whatever house, you see that? Whatever house you enter, stay there until you leave the city. In other words, the ministry that they were to, to, to commence in, that, that they were commissioned to do, he didn't say go to the temple or go to the church building and set up shop. He said get into a house in the community, in the village. And whatever house you get into, that's where you do your, the house was the hub of Christianity. It was the house. It wasn't this. This was, this was not the hub. This, this is a temple in a sense. He said, whatever house you get into, you stay there and you do your ministry from the house. This is why, so when we're doing like five, nine families and stuff, we're not trying to be cute. We're not trying to be another church down the street with small groups. We're saying, this is how we're going to affect the community. You see, we, we can have all the love and broken barriers we want in here, but they ain't coming in here. I wouldn't come in here. Why, why, why I need to come to you if it's, if it's that good of news? Why got to come to you? Why isn't the word getting out to me? But see, we just want to, we, we've recreated the Holy of Holies. Now the church is that little closet room right there. See, we, we, we had such a wonderful feeling knowing that he came to us and met us on the porch, but now that we got it, we want to keep it to ourselves. Y'all seen Black Panther? We Wakanda. We want to keep all the vibranium to ourselves, Right? 
but, but, but it's supposed to be, save people want to save people. Disciples want to make more disciples. If I'm going to heaven, I want somebody to go with me. Where's that conviction? Where's that fire? Where's that attachment? So we want to keep the same attachment. And, it's, and this, is, this is another reason why we don't do the house-to-house thing. Because here, Sunday morning, is like I was cutting my grass Monday, okay? Y'all saw a lot of y'all on Facebook, so I was cutting my grass on Monday. And when I'm in the front yard, Ron, when I'm in the front yard, bro, I take my time. I got my favorite playlist on, and I'm just out there just getting my line straight to the mug, right? Like straight and going back and forth, and all my lines line up equally, and there's no dandelions. It looked good. My front yard looked good when I cut the grass. Then I get to the back, and I'm just all, it's like a race car track. I'm just, I'm just trying to get it done. Why? Because people are going to see the front. The only way they can see the back is if I invite them in. Check it out, y'all. A lot of you won't do 5-9 families because you just want people to see the front yard on Sunday morning. See, Wednesday's your backyard. <laughs> and that means you would have to keep it together. And you'd have to actually tend to it. And you'd have, you'd have some accountability if I came over on a Wednesday to see your backyard so you don't invite me in. You just want to show me the front yard. Hey, Sunday morning, look at my front yard. I'd be like, hey, how's your marriage doing? It's so great. Happy Mother's Day and everything. But if I came on Wednesday, you'd be like, I can't stand her. Man, get on my last nerve. That's your backyard. That's, your, that, that's the part where ministry happens. That's where life on life happens. That's where intimacy happens. But a lot of us ain't got none of that going on in the church. We just want you to see the resume, not the background check. Look at my highlights, son. And, and my family's great. My marriage is great. Now, now, if I came and saw you on a Thursday, it's not all good. You want the front yard seen, not the backyard, right? I'm saying keep that same attachment that they had at Noah's Ark, the animals. Keep the same attachment that they had in Acts 2 when they were meeting, not just at the temple, but house to house, table fellowship, taking their meals together. Go back to Acts 2.46. So it says they were taking their meals together, and then it says, with gladness and sincerity of heart. Keep that same attitude is my next point. Keep that same attitude. So it's not just about being attached, but look how they were attached to each other. With gladness. This is extreme joy. The word in the Greek is like intense joy. It's like when, that, when I think Justin Timberlake or New Kids on the Block or somebody came through and the whole generation of ladies my age were like, yes! <laughs> I was like, really? Like, they were so excited because I don't know. I didn't think I was going to see him again and I could see him in concert. I missed him when I was a little kid. And, yes! Right? And they're excited. And it's like, well, why don't we have that same attitude, that actual gladness for each other? Right? We treat each other like a movie we've seen before. You know, when, when I first saw, it, some of you have seen Endgame, right? When I first saw Endgame, I got there early. I wanted to see all the, like, trailers. I wanted the whole experience, and I was so excited. Like, yes, Endgame, I can't wait to see this. When I went to see it the second time, I got up and used the bathroom. I was like, this is a boring part. I can go use the bathroom right here. And oh, This is a completely different experience because I've seen it before, right? So I wasn't as excited. We treat each other like we've seen the movie before. We treat each other that same way, like, uh, hey, Ty. <laughs> but this morning when, when, when Lucy walked in and when Leah walked in, I was like, happy Mother's Day! I did it just like that, didn't I? I was like, happy Mother's Day, like, just like that. And, and they were like, whoa, thank you, right? And the question is, why can't I be that excited to see them every single Sunday? Every single Sunday. Could you, could, seriously, but think about it, think about it. What would happen? How, any any first-time guests, any first-time guests, just raise your hand. We're not going to call you out of nothing. Thank you, my bro. They're like, there's some more of y'all, but y'all scared. Whatever. Okay. No expectations. Thank you, bro. Check it out. What would happen if you walked in, and all, as you were walking in, you saw people screaming, just screaming at you? would be like, they're, what, they're that excited to see each other? But it would say something. You'd be like, bro, what's going on? And then somebody would go to you and be like, bro, we just love each other. Y'all love each other like that? Like, that's crazy. I want some of that, right? Like, I, I want to be loved like that. I want to be loved where I walk in, and Rashad, like, yeah. like when I went to the back just now to grab this towel, Jeremiah, Jeremiah was like, Pastor Rashad, and he just saw me when he walked in the door. I'm like, bro, you just saw me. But when I walked in the back, he was excited to see me again. That's the attitude we're supposed to have for each other. But we treat each other like, we're, like we expect to see them again. 
What if I told, what if I told you this is my last sermon? Bet you ain't texting now. What, what if I told you we closing the doors to Church on the Rock today? I bet you this thing is packed out today. Because now we might lose it. We expect this to be here every single Sunday. We, we just expect it to be here. We expect each other to be here. And I mean, think about this. Why, why do I, my wife, I, my wife wakes up, I wake up, she walks, she lets Rico out, that's our little chihuahua, and then she brings Rico back in, I go, hey, she goes, hey, right? That's our, that's our thing, hey, hey. That's our language, right? Hey, hey. <laughs> because I expected her to wake up. Moving on, right? She leaves. You know? She comes home. Go to bed. Like that's why? Because I expect to see you when you leave. I expect to see you when you get back to the house. I expect to see you in the morning. What if somebody told me you're not gonna see Britt tomorrow? I'ma cherish every single moment that I can with her. You see that? Expectations is, is what's creating this. And, uh, I, it, it's, it's crazy how when we start 5-9 Families, people are so excited. Oh, I can't wait to get in the 5-9 Family and all that. And then it becomes a routine. It becomes regular. And three months in, it's like, I can't stand Tuesday nights. Because I, I just, ugh, they just get on my nerves. But, but, then, but, then, but then we shut them down for a little bit. And everybody's like, what's up with the five non-families? I was like, you didn't even, you told me you didn't like them. Well, that was then, that was when we could go. Now we can't go. What? <laughs> That's what, now I like, I need them. And I'm like, <laughs> but th- this is what happened. They, they needed, they, they were so excited to see each other. And then go back to the verse. They had, they had a sincerity of heart. And, uh, yeah, yeah, right there. A sincerity. That word right there in the Greek is without rocks. Without rocks, it's smooth. There was no rockiness in the heart. You know what it's like to be in a rocky relationship? Our relationship is on the rocks, right? Like there's some, there's some stumbling blocks there. There's some things that all of that comes from expectations. Pain. Pain literally could be defined as unmet expectations. What hurts you? You had an expectation. That's why it hurt. What happens when I remove the expectation? You can't hurt from you, so now you can't hurt me. And, and my love for you has nothing to do with anything. Quit it. <laughs> so, so think about this. As we remove barriers, remove expectations, that's what Jesus did. He removed the expectations for what it took to be in his presence. So now, when you don't read every day like we told you to last Sunday, guess what? He still loves you the same. You didn't show up to church today? That, that, he still loves you the same. You're not, you're still in the, you're stuck in the stage. Well, I'm sorry, Rashad, I hear you, but this is the way God made me. First of all, no, he didn't. <laughs> all right? The, the people use that, this is just my personality, this is who I am. That's the problem. <laughs> the problem is, this is your personality, and this is who I am. He didn't call you to be you, he called you to be holy. Right? He didn't, he didn't say, be the best version of you. He said, imitate Christ. <laughs> we, I, it kills me. Why, hey, why, why aren't you doing a five-down family? I just don't like people. That's just who I am. <laughs> I don't care who you are. Yeah, what happened to the, I'm no longer alive. It's Christ that lives in me. I'm hidden in Christ. What happened to all that? Right? So here comes the barriers. Be, because this is who I am and this is how I grew up and this is what I was told, all this good stuff, now I have to live up to these expectations of who I am to me because this is what I'm telling myself. I'm telling myself that I'm this stubborn introvert who doesn't like people. Da, da, da. And Christ goes, okay, but I overcame that. <laughs> when you believed in me, I'm not asking you to do anything. I'm asking you to let the Holy Spirit, who is great with fellowship, who is great with being meek, who is loving and joy and peaceful and long-suffering. The Holy Spirit is all of those things. So you're claiming he dwells in you, but you keep telling me that that's just how you are. Right? 
So, so, so the sincerity of heart, the no rockiness, no, it's a removal of the expectations because it's no longer what you think about the person. It's what God thinks about the person. And what God thinks about the person is that's my creation. And if it's a believer, that's my child. It's not about what you think. I don't care about how they parent. <laughs> I'll come alongside, I'll disciple and all that good stuff, but it doesn't make me see them one way or another. I, I, don't, I don't care that they're not as perfect or any of these. It's not about perfection, it's about direction, right? Like, and if anything, if you're not going that way, then let me come alongside you and help you along the way. It's, it's an attitude. There's no rockiness between us. I don't want nothing to be bumpy in our relationship. So they, they, that, was, that was the attitude they had. There, were, there was gladness, sincerity of heart. Go to the next verse, Leah. It was sincerity of heart, and they were praising God. All of this comes from praising God. But look at this. They also had favor with all the people. Keep that same attraction. Keep that same attraction. I am so sick of churches winning people, God adding to the church by converting non-believers to believers, and then the church tells them, stay away from the heathens. Come, don't, don't ever go back to the people you knew. Stay in here in the Holy of Holies with us. No, no, no. Go back and tell them what happened. Go back and show them. Stay attracted. Why, why do you lose favor with the people you didn't grown up with since you was a little kid? I've known you my whole life, but now that I'm a Christian, I'm going to act brand new. I'm supposed to be among you. I'm supposed to show you the way. Save people want to save people. Right? I don't, I don't want to do this because that's not attractive. Ain't nobody coming around when I'm like, hmm, right? So, so think about this. They have favor with all people. I did this amazing Greek study this week. Oh, Todd, this Greek study, it took me like, oh, I was like looking up the word all in the Greek, and I broke it down, it meant all. <laughs> the word in the Greek means all. Not, not just the ones that think like me, just the ones that look like me, just the ones I'm comfortable with, but they had favor with all the people. They didn't compromise nothing for that favor. But you don't have to compromise nothing for that favor when it's Christ. It won you. So think about this. Why is it we become believers and then all of a sudden we're too good to be among those who don't believe what we believe? All of a sudden the people I grew up with, the people I used to run the streets with, I can't be around them no more because I'm holy. Okay, well, the holiest person that ever walked this earth <laughs> emptied himself wrapped himself in flesh and walked among sin. Right? The holy of holies that was set apart as anything ever came to the dirtiest place possible, the porch. But you want to remain in the temple. <laughs> you want to remain just among each other and not, you see what I'm saying? And this is how, this is, this, this is where we're struggling. We, we've lost that attraction. Now, that you had. And, and, and it's, it's crazy to me because it all comes with expectation. It's, a, it's an expectation thing. Um, there's a little kid that goes here. He was here for a service. His name is Tosh. He's like five years old. Some of you may know him. But Tosh is, Tosh is amazing. His mom posted a picture of him on Facebook, and he was watering a weed. Like there's a little weed in this area, and he was watering the weed, right? That thing preached to me. <laughs> Because, see, Tosh didn't see a weed that needed to be removed. He saw a work that God revealed. Think about this. Think about this. Think about this. He didn't see what the world called a weed. I mean, why is a dandelion a weed? Because we said it's a weed, right? He saw God's creation. You see, we, we, we see weeds in the front yard. We're like, well, I got to get that out of there because it's going to make me look bad. It's gonna make, my house is not going to look like the house next to mine and all those good things. But, but he saw the weed and said, ooh, a flower. <laughs> he saw the dandelion and was like, that, that's not a bad thing. That's something that needs to be watered. Think about this. When, when we see the weeds in the world, the, the people that the world has labeled a weed, it's an opportunity to water, not an opportunity to remove. 
Tosh watered the weed. And let, me, and let me tell you this. By watering the weed, he was worshiping God. Father, I see your creation. And I see an opportunity to serve and to water this weed. The rest of the world sees a weed. So how, imagine this. What would Dan the dandelion feel like when Tosh comes by and says, I see you when everybody else wants to remove you? I've been Dan the dandelion, right? I've been the one that people looked at and was like, oh, remove him from among us. Get him out of here. We don't want him present. He makes us look bad. Why? Because the standards of the world say we have to have this, this, and this, and this, and this. And so Dan the dandelion has to go because he's making my front yard look bad. That's creation. I see something that needs to be watered and poured into and loved and nurtured. And then you find out that the dandelion grows faster and stronger than the grass anyway. I mean, this thing preaches, right? That's the attraction. That's the, that's the, that's the attraction that we're supposed to have. You out here trying to figure out what's good grass, what's bad grass, man, leave that to God and just water everything out there. Just go and pour and just water and just, when, when the world says the weeds are inconvenient and ugly and need to be removed, right? Tosh didn't see that. He said, I see something worth watering or as the word says, worth dying for. The weeds in your life, yeah, Christ died for them too. Think about that. He died for them too. The people that you've created these expectations for, and if they don't meet this expectation, then you're not going to water. Yeah, well, Christ said, your expectations are more than mine because I died for them already. God so loved the what? The world. He so loved the world that he gave his son that any who believe, right, that there's a requ- you got to believe to receive the benefits, but nevertheless, I died. I died, right? When you were an enemy. When you were in opposition with me, when you were a weed, that's when I died for you, Jeff, when you were a weed. So now that you're a believer, now that you're grass, you want to look down on the other weed or on the, on the, the weeds? and all, You, you want to look down on the other plants of the kingdom? That's not, that's not attractive. And that's what creates these barriers, and that's why people don't want to be a part of this, right? That's why they, that's why they don't want to be a part of this. So keep that same attraction, and finally, keep that same attack. This is where we close out. So going back to that verse, you see we are attached to one another, should be, to the point that the Holy Spirit, the same Spirit that dwells in us, helps us to keep the unity of the peace, Ephesians 4, right there. Uh, But then we also have an attitude, a genuine attitude. And I'm going to tell you this, don't fake it. We can see through, the, the kids can see through fakeness, all right? Don't fake it. If you're not there yet, that's okay. It, that's a blo- there's a place for you to grow, right? If you're like, Rashad, I'm still that, I am who I am, okay, that's cool. Grow. That, that's fine. Don't, don't fake it. Don't be like, okay, well, Rashad, so I'm going mm, to muster it up. It's not going to happen, okay? It's transformation, not training. If, you, if you're trained to fake it, you'll be able to do it until somebody steps on your toes. And then all that training goes out the water, right? Like, all that stuff you've been trained to do, all of a sudden, boom, now I'm going to cuss you out and talk about your mom and everything because I heard you was talking about mine, right? And I'm trained to retaliate when you talk about mine. But when I'm transformed, you said something about my mama that hurt. I'm going to approach you about it, and then I'm going to love you and keep moving because I'm a transformed person. But that's not the way the world does it. Exactly, that's the way the word does it, right? So that's the attitude, so the attachment, the attitude, the attraction. We stay attractive because when people see a, a group of people loving each other like this, Asher, when I love you like this, man, now people are like, bro, like, that's different. I want to be a part of that. That's attractive. That's what that is right there. But then we need to keep the same attack. Look at this. It says, and the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved. Look at this. And the Lord was adding. Not Rashad's preaching. Rashad's preaching ain't adding nobody to the kingdom, okay? Tyler's singing, awesome. It ain't adding nobody to the kingdom. We could have the biggest building in Brownsburg. Ain't nobody getting added to the kingdom because of the big building that we have. That is not the way we attack the world. The Lord was adding. The Lord. And I love this. It starts, everything in this whole section starts with day by day, they were continually gathering, basically, right? And as a result of the day-by-day gathering, day-by-day they were growing, right? 
And look what was growing. Not the seats, the souls, the saved. We had 300 on, on uh, 300 plus on Easter. Amen. Praise God. How many were saved? See, that's the real number. And, and, and we get so excited about how many we can fill in and how many services we can have and what other programs we can put together and what other gimmicks we can put together to get more bodies in here so we can say, look at our attendance and how we've added to the number of the church. And God's like, no, 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 I add to the number of the church. Not your gimmicks, me. I, I determine the number of people who are being saved. The Lord was adding to their number. There's two parts to this. One, you should be able to go, ah. you should be able to exhale. Why? Because some expectations have been pulled away from you. I, I, just, need, I just want you to be faithful. You don't have to save people. I do the saving. So now you should be able to freely worship, freely serve, freely do the five non-families. Why? There's no expectation. That's the problem. People don't want to do the small groups because they're like, if I do the small groups and I'm expected to be this, to do this, to stay on this schedule, this curriculum. What if you just gathered to gather? What if you just gathered because you love each other? What if there's no curriculum, there's no meal plan, there's, there's none of that? We just want you to get together more than Sunday because day-by-day day gathering leads to day-by-day day growth. What if, I remove, what, if, what if you removed all expectations of, if I don't do it this way, God's not going to be pleased? What? He loves you enough to die for you before you ever gathered. So you think he's going to be upset with you because when you were gathering this week, you didn't have a Bible study? You just ate and talked about Avengers? <laughs> no. It doesn't work that way. And somehow, some way, he could use that movie to bring somebody to the kingdom. He adds. So, so I, 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 wanna, I, I want us to focus on this. We exist not to fill the seats, but to fill the kingdom. I'm not worried about the seats. I'm worried about souls. It, I don't care how large we grow. If we're not transforming people, it's time for me to go. It's time for me to go. If people aren't being moved, not trained, but transformed, if, if, transforma if I don't see lives changing, it's time for me to go. We need to get a voice in here who can move the sheep, who can transform people. So this is what that looks like. It looks like us getting out and responding and saying, Father, give me faith to trust what you say, right? <laughs> and, and now you say, you show in your word that they were gathering more than just the temple, house to house, so I'm going to do that. And then you show that as they were gathering house to house, they had favor with all people, so I'm going to do that. Not because I'm good at it, not because that's my personality, but because I trust what you say and because I want you to be a God of this city. Isn't, I mean, if you're being honest, if you know anything that's going on underneath and behind the scenes in Brownsburg or Hendricks County, it's jacked up. If you know any police officer, in Hendricks County, anywhere, ask them how messed up Hendricks County is. This is not a safe place for your kids. It's not a safe place for your marriages. It's a jacked up county, period, with a big covering that makes it look like something is not because we all put on the resumes, right? Well, look at this. God can be a God of this city. It's going to start with you. Don't be the guy sitting back complaining about everything that's messed up. Do something. Get out here in the community and actually get involved. So, so here's my final illustration. Anybody see the movie 300? Anybody 300? Yep, yep, a little bit, a couple of people. All right. King Leonidas is the king of this army, the Spartan army, right? And he has 300 soldiers. They're about to fight the Persians, who's got like a gazillion soldiers. And he meets up with the Athenians, the leader of the, the Athens um, army, right, Adam? And the Athenians have like 1,000 soldiers that they brought, right? And so when the leader sees King Leonidas, he goes, he goes, hey, where's the rest of your men, right? Because there's only 300 of them. He's like, what do you mean? He goes, I brought 1,000. Where's the rest of your men? So he, go, he goes like this. He goes, Adam, what do you do for a living? Manager of UPS. Corey, what do you do for a living? Exactly. That's it right there. That works, that works, that works. Uh, uh, Roger, what do you do for a living? Lab tech. Lab tech. You, you, you see what I'm saying? Like, he started asking everybody their things. They're like, manager UPS, huh? And... and <laughs> And, and a lab tech and all this. And then he goes, yo, Spartans, what do we do for a living? They're all like, huh, huh, huh. He's like, looks like I brought more soldiers than you after all, right? It's the same thing in this church. We don't have to be connection point big, <laughs> right? 
See, I, I should be able to look at people and say, hey, who do you believe in? I believe in Jesus. Who do you believe in? I believe, who are you sold out for? I believe, I, eh. And then you might, be, you might go to a church that's 15 times our size and be like, who do you believe in? Be like, what kind of question is that? I don't know. That's what I'm hearing. Who do you believe in? So they may have all these people, but not as many saints, right? He was adding those who were being saved, not those who were sitting. That's, what, that's, that's the purpose. That's the goal. That's the energy we want to keep, right? I'm not satisfied with attendance on Sunday. Ooh. You, if, you, if, if we paint the walls a certain color and get Tyler some fog lights and all kinds, and, and all kind, like we could, we could pack, I'm, tell, I'm, I'm being serious now. I, we, we could pack this thing out. I mean it. Without God, we could pack this thing out appealing to the world. We could pack this thing out with people. But saving is not going to happen without God. Period. So, so, so this is the energy we're talking about. Are you fired up enough to get off your high horse, to get out of your comfort zone and actually start doing life together so people can see you, so that they can be brought into the kingdom? Are you actually there to the point where you really want God to be the God of this city, not just church on the rock? I'm not satisfied with just the people in here being saved. I want everybody in this community to be saved if possible. And the only way I can do that is by getting out there and watering what the world calls weeds. So I'm going to ask the worship team to come up with us. I want you to contemplate this. Maybe, maybe it's you. Maybe you are the one who's like, yo, Shab, before today, I've always felt like nobody wanted me to be a part of this. Nobody wanted me in. I'm telling you right now, here at Church on the Rock and many other churches I can attest for, we want you to have that relationship with Christ like we do. If that's you, we're asking you to accept him this morning. The gospel is very, very simple. You could not get into that room. You could not get into the presence of God. Heaven, literally, is the presence of God. And you have no access to it. You have no right to it. So Jesus dies for you and for me. That whoever believes in Christ, in the death, the burial, the resurrection, who, whoever confesses Christ as Lord, God, and ruler of your life and believes he was raised, that he conquered sin, you are saved. There's no expectations that you have to meet by dressing a certain way or being here at a certain time or any of, there's no expectations for this. It is the free gift of salvation and he offers it to you and to me that whoever believes in his son Jesus Christ will be added to the numbers added to the kingdom and then we're going to kick you back out and say now go win all the people you've been running with telling them what you've received this is the gospel this is the energy the power of God for salvation it comes by removing our expectations of each other and of the world so that we can win each other and the world for Christ. Let's stand up and sing the God of the city.
for taking the time to listen to this podcast. If you'd like any more information on Church on the Rock, please visit our website at www.churchontherockbb.com.